So yeah, I was I was intrigued by this movie because I felt like it had so much in it that was just a different window into a family relationship than yeah. what I've experienced. Yeah, no, it's a very different sort of family dynamic than just that kind of Chinese American immigrant dynamic. You know, because I went to school with a lot of people like that actually like in music mm-hmm. school in new york and anyway so it was interesting watching that thinking i wonder if this was like what their family felt feels like yeah right you know and you never you don't really know how how much it maps to reality but well um, and and it's based on a true story right i gathered you know, that, that yeah based on a true lie i know yeah. that, that was a pretty clever open yeah, open uh, the moral of the story the podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. Do you want to give the synopsis of this film? Yeah, yeah. The film that we're reviewing today is called The Farewell, and it's available for free now if you're a uh, subscriber to Amazon Prime, which probably most people are subscribers to Amazon Prime in the days These of COVID-19. Days, yeah. yeah, I can imagine... That would be a must. But uh, yeah, so it's The Farewell, and it's about an Asian family, a Chinese-American family, uh, who discover that their matriarch, their beloved grandmother, is sick with lung cancer and only has months to live. But they decide to conceal this from her because apparently that's like a thing that they do over in China. They conceal from people who are on death's door the fact that they're going to die. Now, I don't know how widespread this is, but from... It's presented in the film like it is it's, a common practice. Yeah. Right, like it is a tradition yeah. in China to not tell people that they're going to and die. And have we confirmed that? Like, did you? Did Lisa have any insight to that or... Yeah, no, my wife did not have any insight. She did say... <laughs> uh, my wife is part Filipino, and she says that among the Asian community, apparently there is a kind of knock on... China that there's just a lot of lying in China. It's not just the government. <laughs> Culturally, there's a lot of lying in China. Huh. Not to be offended if you have Chinese blood out there and you this come the from second China. episode that gets banned from China. <laughs> but apparently that's like a, uh, a stereotypical huh. Interesting. knock hmm. on China. So even as we combat COVID-19 and the lies of the Chinese government, apparently it's okay to lie in certain sectors of Chinese culture for certain reasons, which the film actually depicts very, uh, I thought in a really morally interesting way. It's Mm -hmm. not just a cut and dried, yeah, we're lying to her because we're the bad guys. They present kind of two arguments for truth and lie Mm -hmm. in the film. And that is the, I guess, to give it back up. So this grandmother has two sons. One son took his family, works in Japan. The other son immigrated to America and his, his daughter grew up in America as a very American uh, kind of personality and mm-hmm. de- demeanor. And they can't believe that they're saying, you're not going to tell our grandmother that she's dying of cancer because she has a right to know it's her body, it's her individual choice right. what to do. Yeah, how to handle Whereas it. Whereas her uncle, who's been living in Japan, has this very Asian or presented as very Asiatic mindset that he says you here we don't believe that your life is your own it is your family's mm-hmm. basically your family gets to decide well and also he makes the point that the in their mind the family is going to quote carry the burden yeah mm-hmm. of knowledge right of the weight of her time 
mm-hmm. so that she can live out the rest of her days in blissful ignorance. Mm-hmm. Which I have to admit, I didn't see that argument coming. I kind of thought that the argument would be, I don't know, a, a little different. But when I heard that argument, I thought, okay, I could kind of begin to see how people might justify this. Mm-hmm. But the film deals with it in an interesting way because right at the opening, there's a conversation between Aquafina, who does an incredible job as the main lead. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those of you who are uh, as puzzled as my brother is right now, because you don't listen to Aquafina, I don't listen to Aquafina. I hear Aquafina's pretty good at what she does, but she's an artist. She's a uh, oh, the main ma- actress. Yeah, yeah, the main actress. Oh, she's, she's a musical, a musical artist? artist. Yeah, and that's how she became famous. But I'm anyway, really hip so she times. does an incredible job <laughs> acting in this movie. I thought movie. you said Aquafina. I thought. The bottled water. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a different okay. Aquafina. But uh, no, she does a great job in this movie. But in the opening, she's talking to her grandmother on mm-hmm. the phone, walking down the streets of New York City, and they're both just casually lying to each other about where they are, what they're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Presumably just because they don't want to get into some kind of a confrontation or have to answer yeah. embarrassing questions from each other you just lie about things that aren't what you would like them to be right so that you don't have to be honest about how bad things are going right which which and i've had actually long conversations with my wife about this that in again you have to tell me if you burned the casserole (laughs) (laughs) well you, you know but in certain sectors of asian cultures there is this strong social expectation of success yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Of getting ahead, making money, scoring the grade. And this, I think, kind of creates a greater pressure than even we are used to over here of presenting a facade. It, it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, lying is maybe one form that it takes, but it just literally posturing everything yeah. mm-hmm. to be a certain way because that's, that is the way. Right, that's mm-hmm. the way to exist and the way to get ahead. Hmm. And actually, it's, I think, raises some fascinating moral questions, since our podcast is called The Moral of the Story. Mm-hmm. Um, lying is a really interesting topic in some ways, because obviously, lying is immoral, right, in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a broad swath of situations. But you do have these... I don't know, kind of interesting circumstances where a lot of people would argue about the morality of telling the truth or lying. I mean, the classic example is uh, the Nazis are knocking down your door, asking where the Jewish people are being hidden, right? and you're forced to tell the truth or tell a lie, and you're going to lie. Right. And there's even a story in the Bible like this, right? The story of Rahab, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when she lies about the spies in Jericho, and she's you know, added to the canon of great heroes of Israel because mm-hmm. she lied. Um, so there's that. But Which you is a commonly, have, that, uh, let's pause, because yeah. that's a commonly misunderstood one of the Ten Commandments. Because mm-hmm. when it, the commandment that says, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, that commandment is not about lying narrowly, per se, or broadly, I guess. Well, and to tack on that, it's actually, I, I'll, it's, I, I'm, it's really about I perjury. Remember. I mean, well, it's, it's about perjury. There is a Jewish thought that lying for the sake of, I believe it's saving someone's life or with good intent is okay. Really? So uh-huh. it's like, it's lying with uh, malicious intent that right. crosses that you, you, over into you, sin. You, yeah, maliciously right. so false information. Now, but 
over against that, there is a strong tradition going from St. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, like a lot of the great moral, ethical thinkers in mm-hmm. the Christian tradition who just said point blank, according to natural law, the mouth is made for truth. And when you abuse your mouth mm-hmm. by speaking something that you rationally know not to be true, you are disordered, right? You are mm-hmm. creating disorder and chaos into the universe. Even to save a life? Yeah. I mean, like they would probably go to the point of saying you just keep silent. You wouldn't say anything. But, hmm. to, but to speak would be um, – now – it might not be gravely sinful, right? Like mm-hmm. there's different levels of sinfulness that it would be. Um, but at the very least, it would not be a good. It would not be a mm-hmm. good thing. Now, over against that, you have these Bible stories like Rahab or other, you know, tales uh, or examples that you can dream up mm-hmm. where this would be a lot more gray. So to me, it's it's an interesting question. Now, obviously in the movie – most of the lies that the characters are telling are not noble lies. You know, they're right. at 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 the least they're white lies, mm-hmm. right? Just to kind yeah. of make things easier for their themselves so right. they don't get into trouble. They're just cowardly lies, right? They're yeah. they're hiding from the light, right? I try and think about it on a because obviously that's a that's a big question to to ask yourself of you know concealing the fact that someone's life is is you know, hanging in the balance. But I, I try to think of it more, you know, I, I I was watching this movie and thinking about this scenario in my own life and like the little, you know, it's little things like, you know, you sit down for dinner or something and you know that your wife has spent all this time and it's like, you taste it and you're like, eh, it's okay. But like, you know, she asks if you like it, you say you love it because like, you know the time <laughs> that she put into it. And it's like, you know, I was thinking about it like that and I'm like, you know. You don't sell your wife like, I think it needs a little more salt. <laughs> uh, sometimes I do because I like to be in the kitchen a lot. But, you know, if there's a day where I know she spent a lot of time, even if it's, you know. For me, that always turns into like, no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, you're like. But really, most of the time, yeah. she really does it great. But no, yeah, like, no, definitely. We have those most times where, and most of the time, she's not happy with it either. Yeah, so yeah. that's what like, I was about to say. It's like, 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 no, it's not that bad. It's like, yeah, you're, you're exactly. trying to make it yeah, feel yeah, better. Generally, you're, better, yeah. you're trying to make it feel better. Yeah. No, it's like the the quality is already a known quantity. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the type of scenario that because you think of you think of it and be like, well, I, I may never be in that situation, and that may be true. But you are in some ways just on you know maybe a lessering d- degree or level um, because you have situations like that in your life. Um, and well, yeah, I I wonder you know I wonder about that. And I even take it to just a, a a smaller example. It's one up from what you're saying, but what stepped down from the film, which is how many times have you watched a movie where a character right at the end lies to a dying person, right? Like, am mm-hmm. I going to make it, Johnny? Yeah. Of course you are. Yeah. You know, Fred, you know, you don't. I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, Fred, we're going to get you back to yeah. France or whatever. <laughs> right. And, and people... I think, generally speaking, don't really bat an eye at that, that they kind of yeah. accept that. Now, right. I, I I admit, I'm a little more of a stickler on this question. I just gag at people lying therapeutically. I, I, I It feels very 
false to me <laughs> not to be you're just such a batman not fan to be a and, pun. When, <laughs> and when two-face has uh has uh <laughs> commissioner gordon's daughter <laughs> he's like tell her it's gonna be okay yeah. it's gonna be okay dear <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the, i guess what i would i would take it a little bit more specifically with the question the movie's posing because yeah i mean you have like pleasantries where it's like you meet somebody it's like oh you look very nice today or whatever like whatever you're just saying it to for a to psychologically well how many times do people ask you how are you doing you say great when actually you're not doing great right you know right right I would argue most people don't answer that honestly. How did you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no. Well, and that's true, I guess. But to me, this hits on a deeper note because there were a lot of little lies in yeah. this film. Mm-hmm. But the big one is: are is it how how grave of a error and a sin is it to rob someone of the opportunity to make a good death? Right now, that yeah, that this is, is a, a much question. bigger question. Yeah, because you say it's one thing if you just believe, and this is sort of what they. This is I. I thought of it. the The quote that came to my mind watching this film was, um, "Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die." Right, right. That is essentially what the family is doing. Well, and even in the movie, like the penultimate thing is the wedding feast. Right, and the all wedding of them feast. Drunk yeah, they and, get drunk, and, yeah. and she encourages her son, who's a, a recovering alcoholic, to get drunk, and um, we'll just live it up while we're here. Better to be oblivious to the pain because we're, we only have the time we've gotten, then it's over. There's a real annihilationist, nihilistic attitude right toward finishing your life on earth and that's at the root of a lot of therapeutic death that's but think about how many nursing homes like especially (laughs) Especially here especially we medicate death to the point that people don't it's like the great c.s lewis quote it's from the centaur in uh in is it the last battle and he says oh yeah a noble death is a treasure no man is too poor to buy or something you know that's such a great quote and it's true that that a noble death or a death at being right with god Mm -hmm. it's one of the greatest gifts we can have it's like it's almost like we should write a country song live like you were dying (laughs) you know but but in a way that's true it's like can i go make restitution to those who i've wronged or can i yeah make right relationships can i make a good confession yeah i receive last rites and receive god's grace yeah at the end of my life so that i enter the new life the next life yeah not reincarnationally but the next life of the beyond of the life in heaven with my on the right foot basically you know you're stepping over and why rob someone of that because of bad news and which right now we're in the middle of yeah right we're in coronavirus territory right yeah and there's a lot of people who are you know like i just saw on my twitter you know in the uk and and again there's a lot of news out there so everything's taken with a grain of salt but handing out forms they're like do not resuscitate forms that they're handing to elderly people and things that are right you know and you can't hardly believe it you know the rules that your people could die alone or, you know... Right, they can't even have somebody of, with them. Yeah, they can't have someone with them. Even sometimes, like, can we have a priest or a pastor with them? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Right, and these are things that, I mean, people have literally risked their lives for hundreds of years to do this. Why do priests and, and, and chaplains go with the military? Right. Well, they could die. Well, obviously, they yeah. all could die. But right. you take the risk because you think it's important enough to bring 
sacramental grace to these men. Right. And right now, we have churches shut down, governments telling us we can't even go to church, go to services, gather with anyone, because there's a chance if somebody sneezes on us, we'll get coronavirus. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I don't want to get coronavirus, but aren't we all really chicken? Well, well I, it seems I think, like... I, I, I think, think the flip side to that, yeah. this is getting into coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a coronavirus this is a ep- episode. <laughs> I, I, have, I have two points, one on the movie and one on the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the virus part first, I, you know, not to discount anything you're saying, but the but way that... To. But yes, but yes, I am. (laughs) But you know, the way I see it, it, it's more, yes, there's, it is unfortunate that we can't, you know, gather in these, you know, typical scenarios like we would normally do. But I I personally see it. And I know a lot of other people do is at more of a, in consideration of, in care of other people that are older that are more susceptible that you care very deeply for. Mm-hmm. And I guess in some ways that ties back to the movie because of the the grandmother, but you know, we all I've actually been kind of You can of, do that, but but there's nothing to stop those who are at high risk from opting to isolate. Well, no, it's true, but you know, I and I have been a little <laughs> I've been kind of blown away at the uh, man. I've the been response. banging my mask all over town, yeah. you know. Like so, I'm. <laughs> no, I, I've been kind of blown that's... away by the response of a lot of people and kind of the just the hard heartedness to the care mm-hmm. of elderly people and, and that are like you know the the phrase you know the the boomer killer is out there. It's just like mm-hmm. nobody cares. Like you know, my dad is you know he's he just turned sixty, so he's. He's getting up there and right. like just even the slight thought of my dad who travels for work mm-hmm. and like being, you know, in a situation where he gets this and is gone quickly. And of course, God forbid that. And, you know, he's healthy and at home right now. But like I, I, it doesn't take me long to put myself in that scenario and then think of the other people that could be in that very same scenario. Sure. You know, yeah, I am in no way, shape or form concerned about myself getting the virus and having any sort of lasting effects, even, even though, though it's, it's possible even though, like I've heard that, but that I'm not is, concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, and it, I think it is less for younger people, but I've have heard that there are actually quite a few cases of young people. Who no. And I have too. I, I have well, too. And but, I mean, I've well, been concerned about it because I am in close proximity to people. Yeah, exactly. That well, would, even your parents, you know, yeah, and, my parents yeah, or other yeah. people. So, but, anyway, but to me, a, like for me personally, that, that concern kind of outweighs you know it, it, it not not to say i'm not going to go do things right but that well, is a that is a consideration for life that i that the, i don't it's true, i'll be, I'll be the granted. in-between person here real quick because i think both things are true and that and there's two poles that have to be in balance because ben is going to be the gray jedi <laughs> and the gray jedi <laughs> will bring like balance to the magnet. force no no yeah. but <laughs> but it's true beca- because you know from from the earliest times, quarantines have been done. People have avoided gathering, yeah, those right. sorts of things. Yeah. But on the other hand, there is also a tradition, especially in Christianity, of, you know, it's like Pope Gregory leading the cross through Rome as people are literally dying in front of him because he believes that God is you protecting know, him. Protecting him and that and that he can bring this to an end through his faith and through his prayers. And I think there's a part of modern the modern mind that looks at that and says, they were crazy. 
mm-hmm. right? It says they were crazy. One, because they were, uh, people were dying. Two, they were crazy because they were gathering. Three, they were crazy because they don't, they have this faith in some kind of an afterlife or some sort of whatever, you know, and and they really all should be doing the smart scientific thing and staying away from each other. Well, we and, act like and, they were dumb so, because they didn't know about germs. Right. And, and, but, and so you have to look at something like that and say, both things are true. You have to be rational and you have to be reasonable and say, people are in danger. You know, you can be a carrier of this. It can be a real, mm-hmm. a real thing. And there's a responsibility you have to your fellow man and to people who are in danger of this to, to carry that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if fear of death, period, is allowed to grow to a point that basically all life ceases. Because this this is a temporary fix, right? Like, we mm-hmm. accept the argument that we're doing this to help other people because it's temporary. If you took the argument that we were doing it for your dad or for our parents or anybody, if you took that argument and you extended it to a worse scenario, say it was a world war, or would you think it was a good thing if soldiers were fleeing the front lines? Or, um, you know, did all the people when London was being bombed, you know, we, we idolized those people because they were living through the Blitz and right. they kept going to work and they stepped over the rubble. So there's this balance between, you know, a temporary concern for helping other people, but also this sense of living for heaven. Mm-hmm with great courage well you, so, I, it's because it is things. everybody in their mind they thinks well yeah well we can all stay home for a little while yeah but then you say well what if fauci's right and he says well, what if this is a seasonal thing forever yeah. yeah but he was saying that the next time this happens we'll be much better prepared both in supplies and medicine maybe well that's, they still I mean, I mean he was i read him today talking about how we really just have no idea. The pathogenesis was the term he was using. Huh. The origin of this and what makes it so deadly to some people and just yeah. nothing to others. And that's the kind of thing that, I mean, like evolutionary biology, people would be like, well, just there are people that are just not going to survive. <laughs> you know? Well, well, well but, I'm going to bring this back to the Darwin. That's the Darwin. Well, that's the Darwin well, I know. That, way, that, I'm, not, I'm not stating though. that as my own opinion, but that's what they would say. I mean, yeah. You, right. You well, I'm going to bring this back to the movie here because we kind of got around Well, no, but it is. But this does loop back around. Because do we, are we concerned with living to be prepared to die or avoiding the subject of death until it's too late to do anything about it. Yeah, well, that point too, but there's another point. And this is, this is, this is, uh, answer my question. (laughs) No, (laughs) this was another, and this for me was one of the highlights of the movie, just because it was really an interesting thing to think about. Um, because there was a scene with, um, the main character, Billy, was that her name? Yeah. Um, and then the uncle, and he was basically describing the Eastern and the Western mindset mm. and the Western mindset being a very individual, very, um, uh, independent 
kind of way of thinking. And that's very, that's a very true thing. And the Eastern, uh, way of thinking being more a part of a family, mm-hmm. uh, a society and a community, mm-hmm. uh, basically you are a part of everything that's going around you. And yeah, that can get into the, the mystical side really quickly. But I think that eh, there's balance to both, but I think that that is something that is 100% lost in American Western culture. And something that you see oh, yeah. very strongly represented in both the Bible and 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 history as as you know for our country and other countries, mm-hmm. but just the um, and I think that does play a big part into what's going on with the virus right now. And everyone's very, I think you know they say it is bringing people together, but everyone's still very you know, how is this personally going to affect me and my everyday life? And it is affecting everyone, but. I, I I think more people need to be asking the question of how can this end for everyone quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> and not, uh, obviously it's, you know, because everyone is not doing what they should be or not doing what they shouldn't be doing. It's extended and it's going to be longer now that, you know, things continue. But, you know, I, I think if everyone did tend to have more of a community mindset, mm-hmm. um, you know, things would would change probably quicker. Yeah. Well, and it what you're talking about though is the constant struggle, right? It's this yeah. constant tension because right. if Trump was standing up and saying for the good of the nation, we should all accept a surveillance state so that we can make <laughs> yeah. sure that people don't get sick. You know, let's all put a microchip in your arm. And this is for the good of the collective. You know, this is for the, and then President Xi says the same thing, and President Putin says the same thing, and suddenly all of us go, wait a minute, the community, good of the community argument doesn't sound so hot right now, you know, it because it's getting to a point that we're not comfortable with. And that's and the tension the of same all, way, that's the tension right, of all government, But on the right? same, in, to the same point. And I wasn't, by the all, way, but I wasn't necessarily meaning government per se, I was meaning just more, I mean, because this is affecting literally the entire earth, like humanity right but i i don't think though that you and my point would be i don't think that you can draw a line between government and other community things because you could make the same essential argument for the good uh for the the good of the nation is the good of all the nation's families right like you could start to the good of the country is the good of all countries at some point and so the greater good. That's when you start getting into arguments of the greater good. And the greater good does exist. That's the thing. The greater good is a real consideration the out there. <laughs> and a lot of times government people have to make these really hard decisions between different goods. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of governing is that you're damned if you do, damned if you don't a lot of times. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, you're we saved. see... <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand... Then when you're you not see, yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, the individualism, like they're talking about in the movie, you know, when you see the individualism of people running off to the beaches in Florida, you know, and they don't care. Yeah. You know, that is obviously selfish to some right. extent. I want to yeah. take it back to the movie and discount Alex's <laughs> other point. <laughs> um, no, but, Play it on. <laughs> the other, but the other thing, and even Ben and I were talking about this a little bit uh, in that scene when he was kind of, explaining those two different ways of thinking. I I thought to myself in America, and I know you had 
you did make a point to it, Alex. And, you know, we have nursing homes, we have hospice. It's kind of this, this thing in America in the sense that like, if you have a cancer, you know, diagnosis, it's, you know, kind of a death sentence and kind of that weight gets dropped on you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know people, everyone knows people who has died of, of disease and cancer. And, you know, I personally have seen scenarios where that emotionally takes an incredible toll and you have to wonder sometimes if that kills them quicker mm-hmm. you know well, just that I, don't mindset. That. I don't doubt that i mean i, I thought that seeing the end it, it's such a i mean how many cancer movies have you seen where it's like and i know this is not actually like this but it's like you know you go through this chemotherapy and radiation oh, you yeah. lose your hair you lose all this weight that is so like dark well i know and, but that's because they did i mean Obviously, the whole situation is terrible. Right. So but I just wonder. Is sometimes it, you the know, cure. It's like the that is cure a big is, Sometimes the cure yeah. is worse than the disease. It's like yeah. I know somebody who's. I think their mother had had a relapse and they had chemo again, and, and it the chemo killed them. Yeah. You know, which does happen. It does. Yeah. So and I mean, so yeah, I just, it's not I, to discount that. And that's a bit. Basically, he said it correctly. It is a burden. It is a and so that. Yeah, and I had never thought about it before, you know, before seeing this movie and hearing that that mm-hmm. concept of, you know, that's a burden, and we are basically doing her a service to carry that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought so that you, was so. So were you uh, convinced by that argument? That I mean, that was a really good argument. Uh-huh. Not to say, you know, I think so. God you I'm would not, lie to your grandmother? Well, I'm not in that scenario. <laughs> uh, actually, my grandmother did did die of cancer, but yeah. I, you know. Obviously, she knew, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that. I'm not in that scenario. Yeah. God forbid I ever am, but yeah. I don't know. I think it would be a lot harder in America to do that. Yeah. Well, legally, legally, I, could, I mean, here you couldn't legally. Yeah. You. Could, oh, really? People would. No. Is there an actual like legal law that prevents you from doing that? Well, it's sort of like you have. To, I don't. A legal law. I haven't looked into <laughs> this. Well, they even say that in the movie. Don't they, they said they it in the movie like, oh, okay. that it would be illegal. illegal. In America, okay, got it. They got it. it. Well, it's yeah, like it's, a right, you know, I mean, it's like a right to know, like you and your doctor kind okay, of thing. Got because it. like you are free to just say I'm not going to be treated. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Or I'm going to eat broccoli for a year right. and see if it goes Halloween away. Diet. You know? Shout out. Exactly right. <laughs> so you know you can do those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. Which like my wife's uncle is battling cancer right now. Yeah, and he's just eating healthy and. Yeah, seeing what happens, which right. I, you know, I, we are praying for him. But I, you know, it's it is a hard hard situation. Um, One thing that I, I, I will say, just to yeah. a- mm-hmm. answer your question, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm thankful I'm not in that situation where I would have to make that decision. But I will say that hearing that other. Yeah, no concept when I, when I was like it, it was t- like oh I walked okay, into the know. movie. Very against what they were doing, right pr- from the beginning, right. And when they, and I think any American that, would, yeah. And when they articulated that perspective, I said, at least I understand it emotionally, right? What's going on now? And I agree with you that the you know the grandmother living much longer than the doctor yeah. said probably is somewhat attributable to the fact that they didn't yeah. tell her about the diagnosis, right? Well, but that but, didn't spread to the other people they talked about in the movie. Oh yeah, like oh, the, like the doctor's grandma. Yes. He didn't tell her and she died right then. True. You know? Right. Well, that's true. Of, that's true. That's yeah. true. I think the thing, there are two points that I come away with, and this is my moral of this story. It's one, I think you're right, Alex, that there is this overarching idea in our society, um, and this is 
obviously many societies, not just American society, from this film. And the idea is death is the worst thing. Yeah. It's the worst thing possible. Right. And the process of dying is the worst thing possible. And pretty much being healthy, not getting sick, um, avoiding suffering, avoiding pain. Um, that's the kind of dominant, it's like Wally, you know, the Pixar movie Wally. It's like we live in this coddled world where we avoid these things. Mm. And when you have that idea, a lot of things go wrong, right? You start treating criminals like, you know, they all have to be, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, C.S. Lewis had a great example of this in one of his books that, it's far worse when the doctors in white coats come in and say, we're going to cure you. Oh, okay. yeah. rather than Rather than we're just going to punish you, right? right. It, and, and society starts becoming, quote, therapeutic. Therapeutic, yeah. But it also becomes far more cruel, ultimately, yeah. because it's trying to avoid death. It's trying to avoid, essentially, the pain that comes from, in some cases, even just repentance, right? Because repentance, on a moral level, is a kind of painful experience and so you see like with identity politics and me being who I am and who I want to be there's this pernicious fear of emotional even emotional pain mm-hmm. in our society so in some sense but that deadens you and that's why the movie ends i thought very kind of interestingly with that moment when she just yells into the air right it's kind of an odd ending yeah. but it's her trying to i think escape this therapeutic dungeon, right? That they've built with all of the lies that make you feel good mm-hmm. rather than the truth that makes you feel alive. You know? Well, and I think too, even like the clip they show of the real nine, nine is the Ray Ma's uh, term of endearment in Chinese. And the nine, uh, is the real one in real life. They had a little video, like web clip of her, um, doing her Tai Chi, you know, yeah, in real life, and that's mm-hmm. that's the the yell is like a tai chi yell yeah. that she teaches her granddaughter to do because she goes outside and just goes, huh, huh, yeah, huh, and she just does these little punches, you know, and, and yeah. does these uh, chi, tai chi, which I bet is yells. probably very therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that's an <laughs> ancient yelling. kind of martial art. Yeah, this is a total rabbit trail. There are people in there are guys in China. I think it's in, based in China um, that they have a air power martial art yeah and they can stand across a room and go and it will make a bell ring on the other side of the room or they can kill a small bird like an airbender uh basically like an airbender um no he said his master from the previous generation could kill small birds with his air anyway so it's kind it's interesting Interesting. but that aside um alex moral of the story rabbit trail on youtube (laughs) martial arts videos but um yeah, I, to me that was her basically saying that I'm she's a fighter, mm-hmm. and that it was Billy's saying I'm going to carry that on from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And that was what, and that's essentially what her father was not, and her mother was not. Mm-hmm. All the rest of the family were not fighters, mm-hmm. even though they were keeping this information from their the grandmother. Mm-hmm. The grandmother was still fighting. Fighting the world, mm-hmm. basically. Fight. She was a, just a fighter, mm-hmm. and that moment of her teaching Billy how to fight, yeah, is what Billy at the end because she slumps the whole movie and she's just real kind of depressed and yeah, um, 
uh, not not an achiever, and she's walking through New York, and then she just she stands up straight and says, "No, I'm gonna." And then she goes, "Huh," you know. Yeah, she, she's gonna and she's saying, your like, life. "I'm gonna fight," you know. And mm-hmm. that's to me what what that message was, and yeah. why Nai is still alive to this day. Right. You know, it's not. I don't know that it's because they lied to her. Mm-hmm. Or now the movie's out, she probably knows. But <laughs> <laughs> nine, nine, you can't watch this movie. I hey, saw before this movie coming out, <laughs> before we me? show you this, we need to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> For the past six years, yeah. So, Luke, what was your? Did you already do your moral? Uh, I don't no. think so. What's your moral um, of the story, Luke? You know, I think that. Well, there probably were a lot. Definitely were a lot. <laughs> um, a lot of good questions raised, but I think um, it kind of made me think. Uh, very deeply about um, the time that we get to spend with our, you know, with our parents and with our our grandparents Mm -hmm. Um, because it was, you know, they basically had to make this special trip because they knew she was dying. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think in, in the modern world where everything is so spread out, it's, uh, it's rare that we get to live close to, you know, Mm -hmm. our friends and our, you know, our close family. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, seeing that and thinking, especially as my grandparents get older and Mm. my parents even start to get older, Mm. like that weight of, you know, you say it, you say it in a funny way of them being over the hill, but that, that means that they're, they literally are, they are on the final leg of life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was, you know, it just kind of hit me really hard that, you know, this, the time that you have with them, um, it is it is special mm-hmm. and not to be afraid of death because death is going to come but to uh to really make more of an effort mm-hmm. because i think as you get older you you take for granted some things but you really have to appreciate things more mm-hmm. um and i think those things change mm-hmm. so just you know making more conscious efforts to call and go visit mm-hmm. and it's like those yeah. things are really important because yeah. At some time, you know, in the yeah. future, <laughs> you are going to get that news that someone's going to be sick or mm-hmm. something happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess you don't want to be in a, a position of regret that you didn't mm-hmm. yeah. That's take true. that time. Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, regret does not go away. Like, I, oh, yeah. you know, people say, you know, your baggage, you can heal and all this stuff, but regret never goes away. It's like, yeah, you can be forgiven or, you know, yeah, made whole of something, but you will always live with the decisions you made. So, mm. yeah, hmm. yeah. That's Make sure you're uh, you're choosing. Now the whole the, right whole, ones. the family's ruse about why they had to come to China. Yeah, was a manufactured wedding. Yeah, that may be a whole other episode. I don't know that we can dive into whether or not <laughs> I it's think moral. It was a real wedding. Oh, right? Really? Well, it's really a real wedding, married. but they. I don't think they had actually intended to get married then. Yeah, I think they. I think, I think the uncle up. was like, "Hey, you've got to get married." So we have, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyways, I wasn't quite. That, that was left very vague. I was like, oh, yeah. "Did they really want to get yeah. married, or is this a fake wedding?" Or yeah. Is it? So anyway. our sponsor is Ben. Audible. You didn't say your moral of the story. Oh, he did. No, I did. Oh, you did. He did. You weren't even listening. You didn't say this was my moral of the story. <laughs> he said it afterward. He said, oh. "I guess that was my moral of the story." <laughs> I actually had two morals of the story, but I only did one. Oh, and, well, but uh, I'm I'll, very sorry. My other moral for another another movie was not paying attention no no our uh no our our book recommendation because audible.com is our sponsor our book recommendation is um a really amazing book called the remains of the day and it's written by 
uh, a British uh, Japanese author, uh, Kazuo Ishiguro. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, who's written a lot of a lot of books, but uh, this is probably his best one. It won him the Booker Prize, very prestigious writing award. But it was made into a movie with Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson. But it's just about this English butler who has very Japanese style emotional inhibitions. <laughs> it's kind of a blend of British stoicism and Japanese stoicism into one very repressed individual. But it's a very touching book, very sad book. Actually, it goes totally with what you were saying, Luke, about regret, because that's actually yeah. the whole point of the book, is that regret doesn't go away. So yeah. mm. you might even say regret is Kazuo Shiguro's theme yeah. through almost all of his books. But yeah. it's a great book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can get that by visiting... Uh, the link in the show description, it's audibletrial.com forward slash moral of the story. Um, and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. Uh, you get a free book, a free audiobook, And not only do you get that, but it helps support the show and it helps keep this going. So make sure to do that and share it with uh, anyone who, who wants a free audiobook because everyone needs something to do now that, you know, this quarantine. Perfect is uh, time to perfect timing jump into the so. Audible. Yeah, we hope you are all staying home and safe and make sure to share this with your friends, family, and enemies who are also locked away. (laughs) (laughs) Give an enemy an elbow bump. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And give them this podcast. So uh, make sure to like it wherever you're listening and follow us on social media so you can see when we're putting out new episodes. And uh, until next time. Farewell. Farewell. The Moral of the Story with Alex Wolliver, Luke Taylor, and Benjamin Wolliver. Please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit moralofthestorypodcast.com. Copyright 2020 Moral of the Story Media.